As always, we come to you from Union Grove Baptist Church right here in the Union Grove, Wisconsin. And uh, we're uh, looking forward to a lot of heavy-duty material once again tonight. A couple of major things happened right here in Wisconsin this week, so we're going to do an update on that. Uh, we advertise we're going to be talking about the devaluing dollar, which we certainly will be in the, the economic situation. But uh, this week brought to light another major issue that we're going to touch on, at least at the beginning. Josh. Yeah. I almost woke myself up. My, my voice is working again. Sounds a lot better. Yeah. You know, everybody was praying I'd lose it permanently, <laughs> but it's uh, too bad. Oh, I heard an amen. Uh-oh. Uh, too bad, folks. It's back. And, uh, yeah, it's... I'm going to, I'm going to, what, huh? Oh, you prayed for it to come back. All right. Well, you're my buddy. I like that. So uh, next week, instead of just preaching one hour, I'm going to go for two. Nice. Yeah, not one amen on that. They're like, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Well, Josh, how are we doing? Tell folks what you're up to. I'm doing good. Um, exciting. Our kids got done with school this week, so starting into the summer swing for our family at least so it's it's been good so how many kids are at home still six that's six that's that's it well one is graduating this weekend from but he from 12th grade all right he'll, high, high school. school okay and then uh so but he'll be around i think for a little bit so i think we'll stay at that six number for all right well <laughs> give you something to do all right, well, uh, we're going to get right into the material. Again, thanks for being here tonight. And uh, if you have a question, comment that you want to get to us, as always, 414-788-6010. It's about 7.04 in Milwaukee Central Time right now. On May 11th, we'll be live until about 8 o'clock. And uh, then if you have questions, comments uh, that you want to get to me afterwards, feel free to text that number. It's my live number 24-7. I only answer it when I'm awake, but outside of that, we're good to go. Sounds great. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, let's get tuned up here. As um, we call this Prophecy Focus Global Update, now I want to let everybody know, and I'm making it public, what we're going to do during the summer months. So we're going to have uh, two weeks off coming up after this week, and then Prophecy Focus will be back on. When we come back, we're going to do things a little different because summer is always a challenging time for everybody, a lot of movement, uh, people vacationing, and so forth. So here's the incentive. What we're going to do for the 12 weeks during summer, we're going to do one minor profit per week. So Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. That's 12 books that we're going to cover in 12 uh, weeks. So one, one session per book. We'll tie it in with things that are happening either here in Israel or other places and how that matches up. So if you're a student of the Word of God, you're going to get 12 books in 12 hours. That's a lot of Bible. It's like a, basically a little Bible school we're going to have and uh, we will tie it into uh, the prophetic. I mean, 12 minor, what are they? Prophets. Prophets. So there's prophecy in every single one, and we'll point that out. So that's what's coming up starting June 1st, and we'll do that all through summer. All right. Uh, well, there's the announcement right there. Um, oh, that looks like I jumped. All right, so there it is. 12 minor prophets in 12 weeks, one book per one-hour session. We'll go through the author, the culture, and summarize the prophecies in each book, and we're going to keep the same format. Josh and I will be doing it together. That way, if uh, I 
peter out, you're good to go. You lose your voice again or something. Yeah, or you lose yours. Yeah. I've been praying for that, but that didn't happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what uh, we said we were going to talk about, and we're going to, we will get to this. I won't spend a lot of time on this first one, but we're going to talk about the value dollar. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 6 and show exactly prophetically how that's going to work, but we're also going to give you the current events that are happening today and uh, will continue to happen. Uh, basically, these are the first steps to the one world satanic system, definitely the one world economic system. But, Josh, something uh, quite dramatic happened this week. Uh, everybody I, that at least watches the news is very familiar with the Roe v. Wade issue right now. Uh, what do you know about it? Tell me what comes to your mind, and then we'll move on here. With Roe v. Wade or the Wisconsin? The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, a leaked document says that the Supreme Court is looking to strike down Roe v. Wade decision made back in 72 or 3. So uh, pretty landmark decision potentially. And, of course, that sparked uh, a lot of dissension and riots and even some violence, which we're going to talk about tonight. But this Wisconsin family action attack, it seems so far removed from Roe v. Wade. I mean, what does Wisconsin family action have to do with the Supreme Court? That's right. my question. Right. So, of course, uh, this is just another one of those indicators. Uh, when the socialist agenda gets upset, they're going to start lashing out. They made a very, very clear message that they are going to strike out. So if you've seen the news, uh, Wisconsin Family Action responds to attack on its office. Uh, by the way, uh, Jelaine Appling is a good friend. She's a solid Christian lady. Uh, you can see her usually, uh, I forget which one it is, in Focus or Crosstalk on BCY. She's a frequent guest going through legislation and things that uh, affect us as Christians, so I mean, this was this was an assault on her office, literally, uh, down in Madison. So if you haven't seen the picture, this is, uh, if you look up, you'll see the boarded up windows. That's where the Molokov cocktail was thrown through, broke out the windows. Um, <laughs> Jolene was kind of funny when she did uh, one of the interviews on BCY. She's like, her books are, she only got a tiny bookcase, they were sold packed together they really couldn't get on fire it was it was like a, a wood that was too dense or something but anyway you can see it definitely caused some damage to her personal office which is where it came in and uh, uh, not a pleasant situation so let's uh, what we're going to do we'll read through it's just a short article I'll have Josh read through that then I'll give some comments uh, some things that Jolene has said and this is basically her interview that she had uh, with uh, WISP politics. So it's a good case for having lots of books. That's, well, there you go. I think. There you go, yeah. Anyways, early this morning, <laughs> which was Sunday, May 7, a leftist anarchist group attacked Wisconsin Family Action's office in Madison, throwing two Molotov, Molotov cocktails into the office after breaking windows and then proceeded to light a fire. The arsonist posted graffiti on the outside of the building near the group's offices. The message was... If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Anarchy 1312 took responsibility for the attack, leaving its logo on an outside wall. Julaine Appling, president of Wisconsin Family Action, issued the following statement. 
While this attack was dir directly provoked by the leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court in the Dobbs case earlier this week, this has far broader implication. Apparently, the tolerance that the left demands is truly a one-way street. Violence has become their answer to everything. This is what happens when leadership is missing or when leadership implies that violence is okay. In 2020, Governor Tony Evers basically looked the other way when violence erupted in Kenosha and Madison. That kind of non-response fosters what happened to us this morning, leaving Wisconsin citizens who disagree with his policies extremely vulnerable to similar violence. In fact, Governor Evers' response to today's incident said nothing about demanding a full investigation and criminal prosecution. He just told his supporters he'd keep supporting abortion. But this attack fails to frighten us and instead steals the resolve of law-abiding, common-sense, everyday folks to stand up and push back. We know today it is Wisconsin Family Action getting Molotov cocktails tossed through broken windows and fires ignited, but tomorrow it could be anyone in our state or another state who is attacked because we disagree with the policy or action, give voice to the voiceless, or stand up for what's right. Americans see through the hypocrisy of the left. The violence needs to stop and stop now. It's not the answer to any question or any problem. Just because the liberals don't get their way doesn't give them license to threaten bodily harm or to burn and destroy. Wisconsin has had enough of this kind of terror condoned by current state and national leaders, but we are still standing. We still support freedom. We love our republic and care for our neighbors. We will repair our offices, remain on the job, and build an even stronger grassroots effort. We will not back down. We will not stop doing what we are doing. Too much is at stake. All right, so the question you asked, Josh, kind of at the beginning of when we started this segment was what does uh, the Wisconsin Family Council have to do with uh, Roe v. Wade? Well, of course, uh, Wisconsin Family Council makes no uh, apology for being extremely uh, against abortion, pro-life, and right now, any institution that makes that statement, which means every Bible-believing church in America is subject to uh, this type of nonsense, which uh, the family Wisconsin, or the Wisconsin Family Council had. So, uh, again, that's a, a matter for every single church, every single organization that uh, supports biblical values is, if you will, always under attack. It's nothing new. Uh, we're going to see as we progress through things tonight that uh, the Christian churches, it's under assault. It's nothing that hasn't been historically true. It's continuing to get worse and worse and worse. And of course, the closer we get to when uh, Christ takes us home, uh, it's nothing that we don't expect. So you, when we see these things, yes, it makes you angry, upset. It's like, I can't believe this is taking place in our country. And uh, I agree with that. But on the flip side, the biblical from 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 4 makes very clear this is, this is unfortunately to be expected. We are not on, unfortunately, of the majority side. Uh, and here's basically what the anarchists may or may not get. They're using every single opportunity they have to reap havoc and to make it well known that if you uh, mess with us, we will... Uh, pull these kind of shenanigans, we'll be violent, we'll do whatever it takes. Uh, these groups have come out <clears throat> this week and made it very clear, we're everywhere, we're going to continue this, we're not going to back down. So, fortunately, no one was hurt, the threats continue, the 
uh, the horrible things that Jolene gets on her voicemail or to her face. It's, it's, it's horrific, and it's unconscionable what's taking place, but quite frankly, am I surprised? Not at all. So basically, it's the friend of my enemy is also my enemy. Absolutely. So. Yep. Well stated. All right. Well, let's because we went uh, just a couple of verses uh, tonight to back up, if you will, the biblical position. And I heard multiple, and I was watching some of the the news feeds today. And and Josh, you, my goodness, the the one you sent me from uh, Tucker Carlson from Fox News. Uh, I don't know how many saw the clip, but it was about a 12-minute segment. Uh, I mean, the things that are going on around the country, yeah. the absolute blatant uh, disregard for decency, it was off the charts. I mean, I, couldn't even, I wouldn't even think of showing it here, what was, no. what was on his broadcast. If you didn't see it, and if you did, here's base, I mean, I'll just give a basic summary without getting into the graphics of it. But uh, the anarchists, those that are pro-choice, in other words, pro, uh, uh, pro-death, uh, not pro-life, uh, if you will, uh, literally were standing in front of large audiences, cameras rolling, uh, basically stripping down, pretending like they're having babies, acting like they're killing babies, making it very vocal that they were killing babies. It, it was just the most obscene thing I have ever seen. By the way, and uh, every single conservative, uh, or ever, no, that's even a bad word to use. Every single law enforcement agency that allowed that to go on, shame on you. Absolutely shouldn't be happening. Disorderly conduct is not lawful. It should be shut down. And because we have a lack of leadership in so many uh, law enforcement agencies, so many leaders at the top, oh, we can't offend any. Well, don't worry about offending people. Just do, some, just do what the law says. Yeah. Uh, have your cops do what, the, what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, the, it's just off the charts bad. Well, folks, again, and those of you that know me, I, bet I was in law enforcement for 32 years. I was a sheriff of Milwaukee County for a year and a half. And nonsense uh, wouldn't, uh, I mean, we wouldn't have put up for that for two seconds. Just arrest them, put them in jail. It's like, well, there's so many of them. What are you going to do? Fill up the bullpens, fill up the, uh, uh, the, the galleyways to get in there, lock them up, book them, Dano, and uh, take care of business. And it's, I'm supposed to be a preacher now, and I shouldn't get like that, but <laughs> no, there's, there's no excuse for it, and uh, it, it's wrong. Well, they, they were violating federal law to do what you described. They also went to a justice, a yeah. Supreme Court justice house, and uh, basically trying to persuade his decision. And that's also a violation of a direct federal law. So, Yeah, federal law, not outside of disorderly yeah. conduct, not outside of blocking streets, not outside of causing havoc to a chief justice's home, which should have had immediate law, law enforcement action, should have been arrested, taken off the street, thrown into jail where they belong. But because we got uh, a chief of police and sheriffs that are weak and refuse to follow the rule of law, district attorneys that refuse to follow the rule of law, courts that refuse to follow the rule of law, anarchy comes, chaos comes. See, Brother Rich, aren't you worried about retaliation? Whatever. I mean, it's the truth. Tell me what I said that's not the truth, and I will be happy to recant. But that'll be a long time coming. 
I don't so, see that happening. I don't either. All right, enough uh, no soapbox from Brother Rich. Uh, let's go to Psalm 139. Why does, why does the Christian community care about the things uh, regarding abortion? And Josh, if you wouldn't mind, please. For you formed me... For you formed my inward parts. You covered or wove me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame or my bones was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Uh, my days hadn't started yet, but God, God made them. He knew it was going to happen. So uh, I think God's pro-life Amen. based on, the, based on the, uh, this passage. And we'll go to one more in a second. By the way, here's, here's what really is, is the rub here. When the feds, if indeed they actually shoot down Roe v. Wade and wipe it off the books, that does not stop abortion. All it does is the federal government takes their hand off of the piece of the pie, and who do they give it to? States. The states. Now, except for a handful of states, what do you think 95, 99% of the states are going to do after it's put in their court? What are they going to do? You know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to legalize it. And uh, everybody's going to, uh, and there's plenty of places where, and I'm by no means am I condoning this, but there are states all over the country where if, if Roe v. Wade gets shot down, they can still go do uh, uh, have an abortion if they so choose. I mean, it's not going to stop uh, the pro, it's not going to stop, if you will, that issue from taking place. It may have a few more restrictions in certain states, but it's still going to happen. You say, oh, Brother Rich, what do you think about that? Well, let's go to uh, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. All right. Now, let me say this, because we're a little, I'm, well, you aren't so poxy, but I am a little bit. And uh, we put out some, I, I made some pretty strong statements, and I do stick by those. But here's the other side of the coin, if you will. There are many, 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 many young ladies, other, uh, uh, not just young ladies, but those middle-aged and above that have had abortions during their lifetime. You say, oh, Brother Rich, what do you think about those individuals? Well, I think the same way that God thinks about them, that he still loves them. And uh, this isn't, uh, uh, I'm not on a soapbox to, uh, making a assault on those that have chosen uh, to do that. Now, I certainly don't agree with it. Uh, I don't believe the scriptures agree with it. But you're like, well, uh, um, how should a lady that's gone through that be treated? Same way you treat any other lady, with dignity and respect and love. Um, whether we agree with uh, that decision, and sometimes those decisions are made uh, with great trepidation. I mean, there's many ladies that uh, have felt horrible afterwards. There's some I know that uh, they're fine with it. But, folks, we're not about judging those that have done things that, that we may not agree with. We're about taking in every single person that's willing to uh, trust the Lord and wanting to move their life forward. Uh, it doesn't matter where they've been. Don't care where somebody's been, what they've done, uh, how bad it's been for them. We're here to help folks. So at Unigrove Baptist Church, you say, would you accept me if I've had an abortion? Of course we will. We'll love you. We'll take you in. We'll teach you the scriptures. We'll uh, try and help you live a, a good, productive life for the Lord. And uh, 
what happened in the past days in the past. Paul said, forgetting those, which, those things which are behind, I'm pressing on towards the uh, calling of the high mark of God. And Josh, yeah. that, that's what we're... That's uh, what we're all about. Here. That's what we're all about. So if you feel unloved by somewhere else because uh, you've done that or anything else that uh, may not be approved biblically, uh, you come here. Again, we're not condoning sin. We're not going to encourage you to, to, to do anything that's wrong. But uh, we'll take you in, love you, love you, and, and help you grow in your walk with Christ. Agreed? Amen. Agreed, 100%. All right, good to go. All right, uh, next segment uh, we'll get into. It'll be the, the rest of the hour. And, uh, again, uh, comments, questions, uh, 414-788-6010. All right, Josh, uh, I'll do the intro, and then you, we've got a, a wonderful segment that we're going to do. Uh an individual, and most of you here, and many of you maybe watching on the internet tonight, are familiar with uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, Jr. So most of you that uh, are familiar with Dr. Jimmy DeYoung, Sr., who uh, passed away several months ago, and uh, Jimmy Jr., his son, who's about 60-some. Uh, every time you say Jr., it's like, well, is he like 10 years old or something? No, <laughs> no he's, he's a full-blown adult. And he's actually uh, preached here not that long ago, did a little prophecy conference for us. But uh, he has a weekly radio show. Occasionally, I'm guest speak on it and uh, guest on it. And uh, we're going to look at a conversation that he had with an individual named R.C. Morrow, M-O-R-R-O. Very insightful. It's going through what's taking place with uh, uh, the dollar. But we want to set a couple of things before we get into it because there's a lot of acronyms, a lot. I mean, it's heavy, heavy stuff if you're not familiar with it. So we're going to make it as simple. We're going to make this uh, dumbed down for dummies or something so I can understand it and uh, <laughs> see where this goes. All right. Just take it away wherever you go, you go, and then I'll come back. So the current U.S. inflation rate as of May of this year is sitting at 8.26%. I don't know when you made this slide. Today. It was today. Okay. So 8.26%. Now, if you're not familiar with the economy, let me ask you this question. Any of you that, how many of you are in the workforce right now? All right, if you're in the workforce and you got a good raise, and especially if you're, if you're unionized or if you're a government employee or whatever, is shout out, if you got a good raise, what percentage do you usually, and, okay, and if we got a good raise, we come up with our own number, but uh, uh, in your jobs, what would you say is an average yearly cost of living increase? Give me a number. Two and a half percent. What else? Three percent. Anybody else? Two and a half to three percent. Good numbers. Not today. Those numbers, eight. 0.26% inflation. That means when you get your 2.5 to 3 point to maybe 3.5 if you're really a unfortunate raise, how much are you lacking right now just in the cost of living increase? About 5%. In other words, even with your cost of living raise, today you're losing 5% if you get that raise. That's right off the top. 
Now, of course, when you look at 8.26%, that's basically across the board. When you look at what you're paying for gas, it's a whole lot more than an 8.26% increase. When you're looking at food prices or the loss of, uh, I, I go to Costco the other day, I walk in and it's like uh, I want to buy some chicken. And I walk into Costco and I go to the place where they usually have the giant chicken thing and it's like it's Mother's Day's coming up, I, I had requests for chicken. And I go around and I finally I go up to the butcher, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't find the chicken. He says, well, you're not going to find it. Wow. Like, no chicken. Says, well, why? Well, you had to destroy millions of them because of the bird flu or whatever happened, so there's no chicken. We're, we're not going to get into the, we'll probably, man, we'll probably pull it in uh, over the summer to one of our classes, but folks, you're going to have a problem finding certain foods. The government is setting up to restrict how much food is going to be produced. They're paying farmers in certain places not to produce. That came out yesterday and was documented. Oh, isn't life grand? That's, it, it's going to get rough, and it's going to get rougher, and money's going to become harder to come by, which leads us to the concept of inflation. And what's going to happen to all your money? Go ahead. All right, so we're reading a conversation going back and forth between uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung and R.C. More, M-O-R-R-O-M-O-R-O, M-O-R-R-O, I believe is the right spelling. So this is uh, Jimmy's statement. I thought we could catch up on the move towards central bank digital currencies. And your comment to me on the phone this last week about a connection to Elon Musk buyout of Twitter and ultimately to Bible prophecy. All right, so I'm going I'm, to I'm put in a one transition slide here because they're going to be talking about the CBDC. Well, it's like, well, what in the world is that? I didn't know what it was. So I looked it up. It's called the Central Bank Digital Currency. Now, this can get so technical. We'd be here all night just trying to give a class. It'd probably take an hour class just to explain all this stuff. But, Josh, this is, if you wouldn't mind reading... We're going to read two definitions, one on this slide, one on the next one, so at least we have a comprehension a little bit about what they're going to be talking about. So CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. Are you, are you hearing him okay? Because I, I can barely hear him. Coming through? Okay. okay. Could be the speaker shooting out front. Okay, okay. good to go. Uh, Central Bank Digital Currency, a new type of currency that gover governments around the world are experimenting with. What sets a CBDC apart from established currencies is that proponents hope it can use new payment technology, typically a blockchain, to potentially increase payment efficiency and lower costs. All right, so basically the simplistic, easiest way to explain this is we're talking about this digital currency concept. In other words, everything that sits in your pocket right now, all those green things or lack thereof that are in your wallet, uh, that goes away, and it basically everything goes to this digital-style currency. So central bank digital currency, that's the best simplistic thing. Now, what in the world's a blockchain? We're going to give you a definition. It still may be Greek or uh, blockchain to you after we get done, but we'll try and explain it here. So what is a blockchain? It is a system in which a record of transactions made in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency are maintained across several computers that are linked in a peer-to-peer -peer network. All right, so I'm going to make this as simplistic as possible. There's a computer, here's a computer, and we're going to pretend my Bible's a computer. 
it's all knowing, so it's a good computer. <laughs> all right. So this one's in Illinois. This one's in Wisconsin. This one's in Minnesota. You buy a digital currency. You invest X amount of dollars in whatever digital currency is. This, this, and this all mark that transac transaction. Then it forms a block. These blocks are supposedly almost untouchable, unbreakable, uh, whatever. So your whatever that transaction is stays here. Now, if he tries to hack into that computer, these two computers say, no go, uh, it's a hack. They're trying to steal that money. So supposedly, as a, and we're talking three computers massively, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of computers that all have the same thing, which is supposedly what's in place now. There are 10,000 different cryptocurrencies right now. Most of you are familiar with Bitcoin, if you've even looked at this stuff at all. That means there's 9,999 other different sources that you can go to to invest in this crypto digital currency. All right, so the bottom line is the, it was formed as a way to make sure that you can't get your money stolen, that you can't hack it out, and that there's so much redundancy that it'll always, you'll always know what the truth is. I have folks that have talked to me, good Christian people, that are absolutely positively sold on this concept. If, if, and I, the last thing I want to do is upset anyone, and I always say that and I mean it, but if you read through it, I'm going to put a, let's see, do I, yeah, here it is. I want you to write this particular one down. And especially those that are investing in Bitcoin and other of the 9,999 cryptocurrencies as to that. And this, this is one that's, in, that's into it. It's called Investopedia. I mean, it's a real website. And Blockchain Explained. So if you go to your internet provider or your whatever browser you use, type in Investopedia and Blockchain Explained. It's a very, very detailed, excellent article, and it's pro, it's pro cryptocurrency, but they also give some of the negatives. It also makes it very clear, which some of my good friends have denied to me so far, that this is breakable. The investment that it will take to break it will be phenomenal. Can I ask you a question? What group? has more resources than any other group in the world. What group, folks? It starts with a G. The government. When the Antichrist takes over in Revelation 13, and all those that, and of course the Christians will be gone, but folks, I don't know when the government is going to seize this stuff or attempt to invade it or hack everything that exists. And anyone who thinks that's not going to take place, God bless you. I hope the rapture happens before that happens. All right? So I'm, are you saying, well, we shouldn't invest in... I'm not telling you what to invest in. I'm not an investor. I'm not a financial advisor. You decide that on your own. But every asset has a liability. You can't get away from it. 
And this article, which is pro-digital currency, tells you exactly what needs to happen to hack it. It's more money and more effort and more, more uh, um, what am I trying to get? More, what do we have? Resources. There we go. More resources than any one person or all of us put together could ever afford to hack into this. But don't forget who controls everything. The government does. So if they decide they want to do this and if they decide they want to hack it, there's nothing safe, folks. So if you, it, it may last a while. It may last a lifetime. It may last until the rapture happens. Great. But, uh, and if you choose to invest in this, wonderful. Make sure you're cautious and uh, watch what you're doing. But uh, all I can say is why is America, why is the world going to a digital currency? Now, this is uh, going to get in now to the inflation issues, the digital currency issues, and the government control issues, which R.C. Morrow is going to talk about. All right, before I say everything I shouldn't say, it's all right here. Okay. All right, go for it. So R.C. Morrow's response here. I think there is a connection between three seemingly unconnected topics. An article on Wednesday from LouRockwell.com, a libertarian site, pointed out that many parks entertainment venues, shops, theaters, stadiums, and restaurants around the country are moving to exclusively cashless, touchless payment system, which the American public actually prefers. You know, the safety and convenience of cashless transaction compels people to accepting intrusion into their personal finances. This virtually ensures that economic freedom will eventually disappear along with individual liberty. There is a connection between digital currencies, free speech, in Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Once governments issue digital currencies throughout their central banks, as China has already done, the digital currency itself can act as a social credit score. All right. You say, Brother Rich, do you use a credit card? Almost exclusively. You say, well, wait a minute. I've been told in other independent fundamental churches that we shouldn't use credit. Well, here's, here's what... Valerie and I have chosen to do since we got married. There is never a balance on this card because every single month, and I mean it used to be you'd get charged for using the cards. They don't do that anymore. Never pay interest rates. We get money back on it. So it actually is used as not only to pay for things, but it's an investment tool as well. And we never get charged interest because we always pay our bill on time. And to fit right in with the digital program, it's so easy to use. You pull it out, stick it right there, and you're good to go. And I never have to worry about having money on me. So is it a convenience? Oh, absolutely it is. And you say, well, Brother Rich, are you part of the system? I guess you can say I am because it works for us. Now, here's the issue. This system is going to get different. This thing's going to go away. How, what are they going to replace it with? Yeah, chips. Where are those chips going to be? Where are they going to put the chips? Yeah, uh, Revelation 13, they're going to put it in, your, in the forehead or in the hand. Now, when it gets to that point, I, I trust I'll be up in heaven because we won't be part of that. That happens in the midpoint of the tribulation. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I almost exclusively use this, and there's almost no place on earth that doesn't take it anymore. So it's very convenient, and it works. All right, go ahead. I made my point, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a nation's central bank digital currency, CBDC, will rec record every financial transaction and be able to track where you go and what you do. Here's an example. 
If China's Communist Party deems a person or company untrustworthy in any way, it can turn off or disable their programmable electronic currency and block their ability to shop, get medical care, travel to attend sports events, and even affect their employment. Whoa, 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 whoa. They can do what? Turn it off. Turn you off. Literally. So every single dollar you own, if, if the little greenbacks that we have go away, what happens to all your money? It all goes digital. That's what is going to happen one day. We don't know when, but it's setting the stage for this to take place. It's a worldwide situation. It is definitely going to happen. There's no doubt about it. The issue is, as those in China, if you and again, this stuff all comes straight out of the news. It's not something we're making up or speculating about. If you live in China, which does have digital currency, as they pointed out, and you are an anarchist in China, in other words, you don't buy into Xi's uh, uh, government, Guess what happens to your money? Bye-bye, frozen, taken away. By the way, what's going to happen according to the socialist agenda that we talked about for three weeks? What happens to all your money? Our current president made this statement. He came out with three different things that he's looking to enforce. Yeah, I rolled my eyes. That he's going to enforce in order to curb inflation. What are those three things? The first one was, we're going to tax the rich. How many, how many times have you heard we're going to tax the rich? <laughs> Just once. <laughs> I've heard it a thousand times. It's been out there and out there and it's out there and it's still out there and it's still a, a veiled threat. By the way, that threat will come to fruition, but I don't know if this administration will be the one that makes it happen. You cannot have a socialist government and have a high class except for the rulers. you got to take it apart. So, yeah, eventually, uh, someday, again, I trust we're out of here by that time, but one day the rich will no longer be. The poor will no longer be. We will all be one happy middle-class family doing what the government tells us, getting only the money the government tells you you can have and only the jobs that the government tells you you will have. That is the socialist agenda, which is the Marxist agenda, which will lead to the communist agenda, which will eventually lead to the Antichrist one world system. It doesn't sound too happy. It's happy at the beginning oh. for the poor folks and some of the middle class that have been struggling. So... But what about those of you that have significant money in bank accounts? Hmm. Right? We don't know when this is going to take place. I'm sorry, are you happy? <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, folks, because this can be a real Debbie Downer, so to speak. Right? It's tough stuff. We got any Debbies in here? <laughs> sorry. Um, I've <laughs> got some Cheryl's Gales. No, I don't know about Debbie. Uh, but anyway, poor Debbie, we're picking on her, whoever Debbie Downer is. But, uh, uh, folks, they're, they're, uh, don't fear, don't fret. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord. I mean, he'll get you through these tough times. If they hit in our, in our lifespan, if they hit before the rapture, we just trust the Lord. We'll get through it. Uh, God is good. How much of the time? All the, All the time. time. So uh, uh, you look at these things, and it will. I mean, if you... That's why it can be so overwhelming when you look at these things like, man, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do? Well, you just keep doing what you're doing right now. 
It's not here yet. This is, these are things hopefully that aren't going to kick in until the prophetic future. If they do start kicking in, you're going to be prepared. You're going to know about these things. We'll try and help walk you through it in the future. But this is happening in communist China today. It's no doubt about it. All right. Shut me up. Get right. going. Continuing on. At the same time, this is the continuing the, the example of the citizen in China. At the same time, their social credit score will drop, keeping 1.4 billion citizens in China under control. So no matter what Elon Musk's new free speech Twitter rules are, when all money is digital, almost no one would take the chance of offending the government and becoming instantly panelists. Uh, Two prophecies come into view that I believe will help form the platform, but the final dictator, uh, Antichrist. Daniel 7.23 says this, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, shall devour the whole world and trample it and break it in pieces. Daniel's fourth beast, as we know, is the revived Roman Empire that will be ruled by Antichrist. Once the beast's empire is established, complete control over free speech and digital money will be a given. And, of course, Revelation 13, 16, and 17 is the coup de grace as he causes all in the world, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except for one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. So isn't it interesting that every prophecy teacher, and, of course, Jimmy's down in Texas, by, down by the Alamo, and uh, up here in Wisconsin, and the Bible doesn't change. It's the same thing, so... Obviously, we have the same material. All right, let's move forward. Uh, Jimmy's question. RC, you know, just before we went on the air today, you told me about France that has ratified or voted on allowing all digital information for them to track your digital information. We're going to touch base on this in the future because this is all, this all ties in together, correct? RC, it really does. I was really uh, pretty shocked by this because this is just a few days after Macaron's re-election to office. They waited until he was re-elected. Wow, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, So, RC, how far into the future can we expect to see significant change? The Chinese already have the digital uh, uh, yens, thank you, and the social credit score running, leaving the U.S. and the EU clearly behind the curve and controlling their citizens. Okay, you know what the U.S., United States, EU, European Union? Yep. On March 9th, 2022, President Joe Biden signed an executive order requiring the government to report back to him in six months on the risks and benefits of creating a digital dollar. Uh, The next day, March 10th, 2022, the International Monetary Fund announced it is firmly on board for central bank digital currencies. What is troubling to me is how most people I've talked to about CBDCs just shrug their shoulders and say, what's the difference? They control everything anyway, not realizing that dual worlds is on the verge of a major reset. Major what? Reset. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, the biggest financial institutions in the world, the IMF, World Bank, Bank of International Settlements, which, by the way, is the central banker's banker, are working as fast as they can to make CBDCs reality. You know, talk taking all that into account, I'm looking at 2023 to start seeing some significant change because of once CBDCs are in place in over 90 countries that are reported to be working on them, even Elon Musk's free speech website will be useless. As Revelation 13.4 says, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Uh, Jimmy, when you think about it, and we've talked about this before, we certainly do see a world systematic thought process economically, spiritually, 
wanting to control the world, and that is pointing us toward that future event when a one-world leader will come on the scene and take control. All right, so those of you that are interested, R.C. Morrow does attack things from a Christian perspective. He does have a good website if you're interested, prophecytracker.org. Two words together, prophecytracker.org. So we're, we're, we're done with the articles today, but let's just cover one more thing that uh, the current president stated when it comes to curbing inflation. And he made this astounding statement. Excess spending is not what's causing inflation. Okay, when you go and buy a car and you're going to pay the first year's free and then your credit is going to start getting hit and you're going to pay $500 a month for your brand new car until you die. You have a home mortgage, and you invest X amount of dollars, and you're paying that. Maybe you're paying the basic principal, and you're going to pay that for 15 to 30 years, and you're on the hook for that money. Now you have gas bills and electric bills and food bills and school bills and all of a sudden you're unemployed. What happens to that car you've been paying for for 10 years? Bye-bye. What happens to that house you've been paying for for 20 years? Bye-bye. What happens to everything you've known for your entire life? Hasta la vista, gone. Now you say that's... Don't tell me that because that's the condition I'm in right now. I'm sorry. You say, what, what, what do you recommend? I recommend if you can't afford it, get rid of it. I recommend if uh, you can get out of debt, get out of debt as quickly as possible. Debt-free, you got a chance, right? If you're a slave to a banker, it's not a good situation. Now, some people, you say, I'm forced into it. I have no way out. Well, um, there are ways out of everything, folks. And uh, we just had a great class here uh, that was taught on Wednesday nights. By um, We'll probably do that again because, folks, this is no joke. These things are going to happen. And uh, if you're not prepared for it, it uh, could overtake you if, if the rapture is not in our lifetime. Well, let's go to the scriptures. If you've got a Bible, you might want to go to Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to spend some time, and many of you are familiar with these passages, but it literally tells us exactly what's going to take place. This is not speculation. This is, after the next major event on God's prophetic calendar takes place, the rapture, when God takes his children home. Now, Josh, after he sent me this article today, he said, uh, I responded back to him after these horrible things he sent me, and uh, I sent him back, and I'm like, well, Josh, what's, what's your recommendation? What do we do? <laughs> and he said, well, that's a great question. And I had only a one-word answer, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. All right? I mean, that's, that's the great hope that we have is that Jesus is going to come back the sooner the better. All right, so let's review, and some of you have been through these. If you've been, uh, we haven't done these in uh, several months uh, during the AM service, but the four horsemen of the apocalypse. 
Uh, of course, the Bible, uh, Revelation, is written in symbolic language. It's, that's why it's called apocalyptic. Uh, the word apocalypse is the same word that's translated in English. What word? Oh, we got to teach it again. Revelation. The book of Revelation, the Greek word is apocalypsis. So it means the unco- uncovering, the disclosure, the unveiling of things that are going to be taking place. Revelation 6 is the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period. What's going to happen and how does it tie into this economic disaster that's on the forefront? Well, we're going to talk about a guy on a white horse. We're going to talk about a guy on a black horse. And uh, we're going to skip ahead here. All right, let's go to, uh, I thought I had it on here. I'm sorry, excuse the uh, quick movement here. Maybe I didn't put it on. No, I didn't. All right, hold your eyes for a minute. Don't look. Don't want anybody to pass out. All right, let's go. Uh, can you pull up Revelations? You got it? All right. Oh, you're doing it with Lagos, my man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what verse? Start at one. Okay. So Revelation 6, verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. All right, so seal number one, the white horse, no arrows, just a bow, is whom? Come on. Antichrist. All right, at least one got it. Others were like, eh, not sure. Okay, remember, seal number one is the Antichrist coming. He comes onto the scene. He is actually, when the Antichrist confirms the peace treaty with Israel, it starts that seven-year clock ticking, Daniel 9, 27. All right, again, Daniel 9, 24 to 27. If you don't know those verses, memorize them, embrace them. It is the best prophetic calendar in Scripture. Daniel 9, 27 makes it very clear when he confirms the covenant with the many. What is he saying? The Antichrist will come on the scene, confirm the covenant. Well, what's a covenant? Same thing as a peace treaty. Israel goes, if you will, they finally get some peace in Israel. It will last three and a half years. Why? Because in the middle, Daniel 9.27 tells us that the Antichrist will break that covenant after three and a half years. That's coming. All right, so it starts out, he brings this pseudo-peace. All right, that's just the beginning. This isn't even the bad stuff yet. Let's go to number two if you want to keep reading. Verse three, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out and was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword. All right, so part of the Antichrist system, what's going to happen are we seeing, if, if you watch the news, again, many of you don't have TVs, many of you don't want to see the news, and I, sometimes I wish I didn't watch it. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. But uh, if you watch the television and you've seen what's going on around the country and you've watched the anarchy taking place against Christian principled organizations like Wisconsin Family Council, violence, it's the answer by, if you will, and, and I... I always try not to be offensive, but to those that are on what we call the leftist side or the liberal side, this is their way of doing business. It's nothing that isn't going to be exponentially increased when the Antichrist comes on the scene. Folks, it's going to be bloodbath after bloodbath. It's coming. All right, number three. 
When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice. Third seal. Oh, sorry. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. And so I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. All right, so now we start the horrible, horrible economic depression that's going to form. There's not going to be food. It makes it very clear here. Massive famines are going to be taking place across the world, not just America. This is a world, a world situation. Now, if America itself shuts down the food supply, which they're going to apparently attempt to do and, and limit how much food is being produced, you already know in third world countries, food is extremely scarce. When you have people that are waiting in line just to get enough food to, to survive maybe another day or two, and it's horrible. It's just massively bad. This will be the standard in every country in the world when the Antichrist is in control. Why? Because the money's gone. The uh, famine is just going to be running rampant. How is all that famine going to occur? Maybe partially invoked by the government, uh, droughts, uh, pestilence, whatever it is. It's going to be a absolute mess. Now we get the seal judgment number four, and if you think it's been bad, hold on, here it comes. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse... And the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed with them. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. How much over, how much of the earth is going to die? One-fourth. One-fourth. All right, so we have 350 million people in America. There's 7.3 billion people in the world today. 7.3 billion divided by four, what do you come up with? About 1.8 plus or minus a few hundred thousand billion people. You talk about a catastrophic situation. It's something as, especially Americans, we can't even comprehend a fourth of our population dying. We've just gone through the COVID issues. We saw a lot of folks die. Uh, uh, horrible things that, that have taken place across the world with that issue alone. And we've all been put on high alert, and many of us have been affected uh, uh, with our loved ones and friends and mentors that have passed away from that. And it's catastrophic. It's heartbreaking. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it just is. Now God is saying what's going to be happening in the future is 1.8 billion people of the 7.3 billion, if the numbers stay the same when the rapture happens, that are going to die. And this is right at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period when the seal judgments happen. How is all this catastrophic things going to take place? Folks, when the economy is shot, when the food is shot, when there's, when there's no gas to be found, what's going to happen? Anarchy. Seal 1, Antichrist is in control. Socialist agenda on steroids. What's going to happen? Violence across the earth. Why? Because if you don't get what you want, what are you going to do? You won't be here. What, would, what are they going to do? Hey, kill each other. I got to eat today. I need a place to stay. I don't have any water. I need some gas. Whatever it is, they're going to kill for it. No joke about it. They're going to break it. You think there's a lot of vandalism took place last night when whoever did went down Main Street in uh, whatever city it was, broke all the windows and started stealing stuff out of them, which is 
what rioters do, there'll be nothing left, folks. You say, well, you're not painting a very good picture. Well, here's the good picture. If you've been saved, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you will not see this. You'll be up in heaven. And that's a good thing. Those that are left behind, they are going to see this if it happens in our generation. So here's the challenge. We've only got like three minutes left. Here's the challenge. What are we going to do? I vividly remember about two months ago, one of the deacons uh, made uh, uh, this, this statement in, in a deacon's meeting, and I, I agree with him. He said, what are we going to do to reach outside of the four walls of this church? And that was, it took me back for a moment as I started to ponder that. It's like, well, I'm like, we started out with uh, one group that would fill up maybe three-fourths of this side. We now fill up the whole auditorium, so it's like I think we're reaching out somewhat. All of our youth groups are expanding. And uh, it's like I think we're doing some reaching out, and I'm analyzing this. And uh, then I thought about Jeff Johnson. Jeff Johnson, a week or two before he passed away, said, you know, he said, I really wish we'd see more folks saved at the church. And I said, you know, I do too. And uh, that stuck with me. And then uh, when the deacon made that comment, it stuck with me. And I said, well, I took a walk today, which... I hadn't walked for 10 days because I couldn't breathe, but I can breathe again. And uh, last two days, I took a walk, prayed for one person the entire time yesterday, today. That's, those words stuck with me, and we're going to talk about them a little bit Sunday morning. It's like, what can we do to reach outside the four walls? And I prayed about it, thought about it, and just... The only thing I came up with was the biblical mandate to go out in the world and to reach everybody we can for Christ. Amen. In other words, in the highways, the byways, the workplaces, the school places, our neighbors, our grocer. It's like, how many times have we gone into the restaurants that are just in Union Grove and handed them a tractor, told them about Christ, or invited them to church? It's like, how many people know that this church even exists here? I have people that I talk to, and they're like, Unigrove Baptist Church, where's that? I'm like, you live here. How can you not know where the church is? 5,000 people, it's not that hard to find. It's on one of the major highways. I have no clue this church exists here. And I said, okay, how we reach outside of the four walls? Here we are, folks. I say, well, Brother Rich, you better get busy. And brother and sister, yes, we all need to get busy. That's it. That's the only hope America's got. It's the only hope Union Grove has got. It's the only hope Wisconsin has got. Folks, bad, 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 bad days are coming. But there's a great day coming when all God's people who know Jesus Christ will be taken home immediately to be with him. What you going to do with the Lord Jesus today? Any comments? I think you said it. Well, then let's close us in prayer and go get our kids. <laughs> Lord, thank you again for the time that we've had to spend together looking at these things and even looking into your word. Uh, we pray that you would help us to um, 
catch that vision for looking outside the walls as we continue to minister inside as well. But Lord, help us to be uh, busy about reaching out to those that we can in our own spheres of influence. Please give us courage to speak up when we have opportunity. And uh, we just thank you and praise you for all you've done, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And one thing before you leave. Can you do this for me? Let's do it together in unison. I'm going to count the three, and I want you to give me a nice Maranatha. Let's let Jesus know we're looking forward to him coming. Can we do that? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Maranatha. Have a great night.